The App Guy Podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, The App Guy. Sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. The App Guy Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I am your host, it's Paul Kemp, and it's my job to go around the world and and source the best guests for great content for your benefit. And so if you are an indie app developer, a business owner, an entrepreneur, or even just looking to make a change in your life, this is the podcast for you to listen to. And we're very grateful. I'm personally very grateful for you taking the time out of your day to uh, listen to us. And uh, I think it's going to be a great episode because I have a terrific guest lined up. His name is uh, Derek Coburn. And uh, the best way of uh, finding out about Derek is going to his website. His new website is DerekCoburn.com. And uh, he's uh, the author of Networking is Not Working. So, Derek, it's great that you could join us on the App Guide podcast. Hey, Paul. Uh, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. You know, it'd be great. Uh, you've got a wealth of experience. I know that you've been in uh, the wealth management business for 15 odd years. Perhaps you could just wrap it up and tell us, uh, you know, in, in a few minutes, uh, your story and uh, how it is that you've uh, got into wealth management and, and what you've done since uh, really starting your first company. Sure, happy to. So I began my career right out of college in 1998 and came into the financial services business and my uh, success uh, uh, in, in, in terms of uh, the way they would define it uh, was largely in part to uh, my skill at the, uh, at the wonderful art of cold calling. And, you know, I was around a lot of individuals who were all probably uh, much smarter than me and uh, more polished than I was, but no one could really uh, tolerate rejection the way that I could. And so I worked really hard, uh, you know, smiling and dialing for years and built up a nice client base, but I was working long hours and, uh, you know, 2007, 2008, 2009, started, you know, expanding my sources of, of new information, started reading books by, you know, marketers, thought leaders, you know, Seth Godin's of the world. And, uh, you know, I was reading a book by uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, The Thank You Economy, and was talking about a lot of the the ways that most of us uh, can market uh, these days, you know, the how it's easier to find and identify prospective clients leveraging the various social networks and what have you. And uh, one of his, his caveats was if you are in the legal world or the finance world, you are, there's not much we can do for you. And, and so <laughs> right. the, you know, from, from a, from a compliance and a regulatory standpoint, uh, you know, they really have the shackles on you in terms of your ability to market your ability to like, you're not allowed to have a blog. You're not allowed to have profiles on social networks. You're not even allowed to have testimonials from clients uh, in that industry. And so there were parts of that business that I really enjoyed and, and, and I liked and what I, I didn't want to get rid of it entirely, but I started to 
identify and look for what else can I do as a complement to that. And so my wife and I in 2011 founded a, uh, what we call an unnetworking community. It's, uh, uh, it's called Cadre. It's based in, in DC. We just started in Baltimore, Maryland as well. We have about 100 plus CEOs, business owners, entrepreneurs, and we facilitate connections, bring in great speakers, and uh, you know, try to um, identify these remarkable professionals and provide uh, various ways that they can connect and collaborate with each other. Well, that's interesting. You know, I've got a background as well in uh, wealth management. I we used to work in the city of London, and you're right. It's just incredibly frustrating the ability to market anything. I was in sales as well. And so it was all around uh, networking. It was all around going to the right conferences, meeting the decision makers, getting to know them over the years. And uh, I, I found it was a very relationship orientated uh, business. And I'm almost connecting the dots on your story here because uh, that has obviously uh, prepared you very well for the networking uh, that you're doing right now, the, the networking business. Is that Would that be fair? Yeah, and I think you know what's what's interesting is that um, network attending the attending networking events was sort of the next step uh, that followed cold calling, and uh, unlike cold calling where you have this negative reinforcement, I mean, I was making five hundred phone calls a day, and the majority of them would either not answer, slam the phone in my ear, say no, don't call me again. Uh, you're getting this negative reinforcement in real time saying like there has to be a better way, a, a less, um, you know, a less painful way of meeting people. And so you start going to networking events. And I think, unfortunately, the problem with networking events is it, you don't, you don't get that, that bad feeling. You, you can go to several networking events a week and meet nice people and have, find conversations with them and never really realize just how unproductive you are being with your time by attending these events. And so I think while, you know, I might be dating myself with the cold calling story when that is taking place, it's like, you can't wait to get to the next point where you don't have to do that anymore. Whereas there's probably people in business who have been attending networking events for 30 years that have never taken a step back to say, is this really a good use of my time? Oh, Derek, I'm so glad you're on the show because uh, I wish I'd listened to you like two or three years ago. I, I think I joined, uh, when I first started work, working for myself, I joined a, a networking organization called the BNI. And you're right, there were some really interesting people there, nice. It was all very local. And I would stand up every week, uh, get up at uh, five o'clock, you know, join this networking for breakfast. And I would present my business, which was building squeeze pages and, uh, you know, building apps. And <laughs> and then the next guy would stand up and it would be completely irrelevant to what I'm talking about. And, and obviously, what a waste of time over the year because uh, it was a completely wrong audience for me. It was the wrong people to be networking with. And so the power of the Internet, then I changed and, uh, and started podcasting and app development and running a mobile ad agency and uh, that that just opened up uh, all uh, I guess the world of possibilities because you track down people that are uh, relevant to you and what you're selling. So uh, yeah, would you would you say that we've got to be mindful of uh, the organisations that we join for networking? 
Yeah, I mean, and and I know some people that BNI works well for. Um, what I ended up doing in my wealth management business at the time was re I re sort of the 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 premise of my book, uh, which you know you mentioned networking is not working, and the subtitle is stop collecting business cards and start making meaningful connections. So I I. I I stopped attending these larger events and instead I formed my own 20 person, 25 person unnetworking group that was centered around my best clients, some of their top uh, advisors and, and vendors, and then some other individuals that I handpicked that I just reached out to and, uh, in an, an attempt to develop a relationship with them. And I think that one of the, one of the most important things to do is I think the, the success of any networking effort is directly correlated with, uh, are you in the same room with people who are there for the same reasons as you are? And so where, where I feel like BNI falls short for some people, not for everyone is BNI's general MO is, come and bring referrals for other people and everyone shows up with the expectation that, okay, I'm bringing referrals for other people and I'm going to get them. Like, did you have that experience? Yes. It was a, a pressure every week to get referrals and uh, yeah, you, you would almost be named and shamed if you stood up and uh, didn't have any little pieces of paper to hand out as referrals. So it was, it was good. I mean, you're right. It's, it's primarily for small businesses, local businesses, and uh, it worked ter terrific for uh, the, um, I guess, the businesses like plumbing and uh, the locksmith and uh, even a website developer. But, you know, it, uh, it did put a lot of pressure on going to those meetings and uh, every week coming out with referrals and uh, putting that expectation on it. Yeah. So, you know, what I did with my 20 person group and it's the really it's the key differentiator for cadre. You know, we have 100 plus people we are vetting people and there's an application process uh, for we're vetting them for intangible. So it's not just, do you meet a certain threshold? Do you have a certain job type? I mean, we, we are, we're attracting and we're only really appealing to the successful uh, business owner, but we only, we're only bringing in people who are pay it forward individuals, people that show up interested in what can I do to help you? Uh, what can I do to advance um, some of your efforts? And what's interesting is what happens is that when everyone is it feels comfortable with, in my case, when everyone felt comfortable with me, that I was careful about who I invited in and who was going to be taking part in the, the get togethers, uh, everyone let their guard down and people were actually more inclined to refer someone or, or hire them directly earlier in the relationship development process than they would have. They, they met on on you know more uh in more traditional settings or under different circumstances and i think that uh you know that when 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 you don't know this idea i'm all for paying it forward and i think this idea of um you know when you meet someone think about them and how you can help them and and what you you know who who can you refer them to you know if you've got some great client relationships and great people in your business uh it can it can backfire if you're putting them in the hands of somebody that you don't really know that well and uh you know mainly in the hopes that they're going to reciprocate and refer you somebody at some point uh if, if they don't do a good job for your client or this person in your network it can it can actually um it can actually set you back a little bit yeah no i'm a big fan of uh, paying it forward giving back kind of thing because uh, I just feel like the way I feel when somebody, uh, for no reason and, and 
not expecting anything in return does something for me. It makes me feel good. You know, compare that to uh, wading through your email and getting spam and uh, how that makes you feel. And yet, ironically, you know, even this is relevant, you know, uh, to app developers. We get sometimes sidetracked down these uh, routes of uh, tr- trying to make a quick uh, bit of money by t- taking uh, perhaps shortcuts and and I really want people listening to think that it, it's the benefits, as you're saying, Derek, of giving back do eventually come and reward you in the end um, just through your change of behavior. Oh, absolutely. So th- this is the App Guide podcast. We love talking about apps. And I just wondered if uh, you could pull out your phone and uh, tell us a few of the apps that you are using to get through the day. Sure, I'd, I'd love to. So uh, I would say that right now my favorite app is an app called Contactually. And uh, it is, uh, it's especially good for people that are managing, uh, you know, a lot of relationships like I am and, and people who sort of pride themselves on, on being a connector, but it can be great for just about anyone. Uh, the, the core uh, functionality of Contactually is that it takes all of your contacts from, you know, your, your contact list on your email uh, provider, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, your phone, and you have them, you have them in, in one database. And then what you can do is uh, assign different contacts to different buckets. Uh, that's, that's their term. So, for example, I have my clients or we'll use, you know, members in the case of Cadre. I have all of my Cadre members in a in a bucket called Cadre members. Uh, uh, nothing fancy there. And what I do is I assign a period of time. So so for them, it's 30 days and it runs in the background of, of your email. And if I do not reach out to them or they do not reach out to me, in the time period that you allot, in this case, 30 days, I'll get an email, I'll get a ping saying, oh, you haven't talked to this person in 30 days. What a so wonderful it, app. Sounds great. Yeah, it's, and, and you know, unlike, uh, you know, un- unlike setting up systems in, uh, you know, it integrates well with CRM, with CRM platforms like Salesforce, but it also, if, if uh, you know, if, if your business is not overly complicated uh, and there isn't a lot going on, it can actually serve as a great standalone CRM. Uh, but I have, you know, prospective members, centers of influence, you know, a variety of different buckets with different time periods. And unlike when you put in, if I could, if I put into Salesforce, for example, schedule me a reminder to, to, to ping this person every 30 days. Well, what it doesn't account for is that if the 30-day window starts and then four days later they email me or I email them, uh, unlike with these other CRMs or these other um, uh, follow-up tools, the 30-day a new 30-day window will start automatically with Contactually. So then it'll be another 30 days from that point. Uh, well, Derek, until you Derek get I'm so reminder. glad. I'm really so glad that you've brought this to our attention because uh, one of the previous guests, actually, a guy called Matt Cress. I was talking about his uh, product, which is an online product called a Relately, uh, Relate.ly, and it does that, but on the uh, web. And uh, I, I guess we can take inspiration for uh, Contactually 
uh, as an app idea for Matt. So that's a terrific, um, you know, app to bring to our attention. And I'd never heard of it before. And I'm definitely going to have a look and a yeah, play with and it. Yeah, and I mean, it, yeah, and it does so much more. I mean, that it, it will, if you if you ever make introductions to people, let, let's say, let's say that uh, I want to introduce you to the founder of Contactually, my friend's V band. Uh, I can pull him up and pull you up inside of Contactually. And because I've already introduced him to other people, uh, I go into his name, I click a button saying introduce, or type in P-A-U-L, you show up. And then his two sentences are already filled in. So it automatically populates the email. I can create uh, two sentences for you and then anytime I introduce you going forward to other people, it will automatically just populate the email saying, hey, you two should meet. Zv is XYZ, Paul is XYZ, and uh, saves you the time of having to do that. Oh, this is great. I'm definitely going to have a play with that. Uh, did you have another one that you met, you were talking about? Can I say one more thing about Contactually? Just oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, that's cool. just, yeah. So, um, so I, I am a big believer in something that I've I've made up the word uh, micro merge in in that. <laughs> okay, is that is that uh, us, is that unique? Is it is it is it that a word in a dictionary? It's not, and no one's ever heard of it. Okay, it there you go. It. This you, you heard it first on the App Guide podcast. This is you now laying claim to that name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, and so what, what, it, what I mean by that is we all have email lists and we all have people that we follow up with to give them updates on our product or, or service or what have you. And, uh, and, and what happens is uh, a lot of times we, we want to collect the first name so we can quote unquote personalize the email. But if I have an email that needs to go out where there's a core message I want to communicate to 20 different people, 50 different people, what have you, but there is good reason to make them slightly different because the the way I would communicate with one person who I am in regular contact with is different than the way I may communicate with somebody that I don't really communicate with all that often. And so what they allow me to do is create an email. It could be an email template. It could be a new one that I'm creating from scratch. And then I can go in and let's say I'm sending it to 20 people, but there's going to be three different iterations of it. Like I want to say to you, Paul, it was great talking with you earlier today and acknowledge that. Uh, and, and I'm going to follow up about this thing that we, that we discussed in addition to the base email I'm sending, right? I can go in on, on my screen and I can tweak each one just a little bit. And then it will send out a merge to all 20 people, but I will have had the opportunity to slightly tweak and personalize each one. Well, that sounds great. And, and just in terms of people listening right now, you know, this is uh, the App Guide podcast. We're indie app developers. And the way I can see this working very well is that we go to conferences uh, on apps and uh, there's usually sponsors there. There's different people with different levels of influence that are very important to our I guess, opportunities as app developers. And so using a tool like this would mean that we could uh, keep in touch with the people uh, that are of high influence and could affect our businesses. And so I think that's very relevant to this audience and certainly to me. I'm going to be uh, downloading it straight after this uh, episode. Great. Right, we're going to... So in terms of, or in terms of uh, if you want me to share, do you want me to share something else I'm using? Oh, well, you obviously got a great one there. So yes, yes, follow up with another really good app, yeah. 
So in order for me to, I, I essentially now have three businesses in addition to getting ready to launch a book. So I obviously have to rely on technology and apps to stay organized and um, and and to you know stay on top of things, right? Forget. And uh, I, I'm a big fan of GTD. I don't know if if you use that getting things done from from David Allen. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. As far as you know, a task management system or a to-do list, if you will, and I, I've experimented with different ones over the years, but um, but uh, Nozbe N O Z B E is one that I've just started using uh, about four to six months ago. I actually first heard about it uh, because Michael Hyatt wrote a great blog post about how he was using it, and it it syncs between all of my devices. I can create individual things for myself that I need to do, but I can also create projects that I share with other members of my team. Uh, I can create projects that I share just between my wife and I, and it could be like a shopping list or something. Uh, but it also allows me to take it a step further and any, uh, workflows that I have for my business uh, I can that are going to be repeatable. So if you have an onboarding process for a new customer, for example, uh, you can create a template and then each time you add a new customer, it will automatically populate the tasks that have to be done associated with onboarding them and automatically assign them to the people in your team who are obviously have permissions inside of that project, but who are responsible for taking care of each of those tasks. That sounds really good, actually. And uh, I love the way that uh, you can manage onboarding for new customers and, uh, you know, within this, an app. That, that sounds really good to use. That's uh, Mozabe, Mosby, M-O-Z-B-E, Mosby. And as in, and as in Nancy. And, oh, Nancy. Uh, and, and, okay. Yep. And it, and it uh, you know, integrates wonderfully with Evernote and Dropbox. So you could create a task that is connected with a file in Dropbox. And as you and your team make modifications to the document in Dropbox, it will automatically keep it updated right there inside of the task. Yeah, well, many of us have remote teams as well. And uh, I guess we use, uh, well, I primarily use Google Drive and uh, anything to make it easier because there are these standardized uh, processes for various different uh, actions. And yeah, that really sounds like a very valuable uh, tool. So Derek, we haven't finished with you yet. There's a, a few more things we could actually squeeze out of you. And uh, I know, first of all, you're, you're, you're obviously providing some great content here and some really good insights. One of the things that we like to do as well is we, we like to come up with some new ideas for apps. And to do that, we ask you to have a think about your current businesses. I guess you've got three to think about. And we'll flesh out an app idea because we'll try to figure out the pain points, the frustrations that you may be having somewhere in your business. And then we can think about perhaps a solution for an app. That is, of course, unless you have a terrific app idea you'd like to share uh, as well. We could also do that. I currently do not have a terrific app idea to share. <laughs> right, okay. Not like a, a what the next WhatsApp or the next uh, Facebook app or anything like that. No. I wish. Yeah. <laughs> so let's, let's think about yeah frustrations in your business. What what you know? Let's think about the last couple of weeks. What's really been something that uh, has frustrated you or uh, annoyed you or uh, has has felt like a bottleneck or a pain point? 
Gosh, I mean, I uh, I should probably try to think back further. I've just been so uh, getting ready to launch a book. It sort of reminds me of of um, I, I have two sons, and it sort of reminds me of the time just after they were born because I'm doing so much to sort of uh, get this, uh, you know, get this process going. But along those lines, actually, you know, one thing that that could be interesting is creating some sort of a of a uh, of a of a obviously an advanced uh, uh, checklist. Right. But just for anyone that is publishing a book to uh, be able to identify all of the different um, things that have to be done uh, starting, you know, way back in the beginning to, you know, getting ready for the launch and all of the different options that are available to you in, in order to make it happen. So for me, I've had to, to do a lot. I've had to do a lot of things manually. Like I read a great book called eight by guy Kawasaki it stands for author, publisher, entrepreneur, and they provide a lot of really great information, but it's like, okay, if you are going to self publish, do you want to do it just on Kindle? If so, uh, you know, check this box and here are the things that you have to worry about. Do you want to also offer your book on iBooks and on the Nook and these other platforms? Check this box. So almost like a choose your own adventure for as you're making decisions. And there's a lot of little decisions you have to be that have to be made that it sort of guides you and steers you in a direction where uh, you know the resources and where you need to turn to 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 get done what you need to do. Derek, this is genius. Absolutely I literally just genius. Thought about, I literally just thought about this like, <laughs> like 10 seconds ago. Well, there you go. It's obviously the power of this podcast and creativity just you know, bubbling in the air here. So I, uh, I'm thinking about a potential app. Now, if you think about uh, all the things that we do in our life that have been done by hundreds, thousands of people before us, and when we come up to the task, we're like, we have to wade through the jungle of information to, to do the task. So I'm thinking like when we bought our house, uh, moved, we had like a checklist of this was what you must do six months prior to moving. And then these are the things you need to do uh, three months prior to moving, then one month prior. And it's like a countdown. And uh, that was just for the process of moving a house. Imagine we could have an app where all these things that we tend to do in life would have a guide for us. And then when we opted for that particular uh, thing that we're doing, it would then guide us uh, six months in advance, three months in advance, you know, the countdown of the things that you need to achieve to get ultimately the end goal. I think that would be a great app. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's funny just to hear you talking about that because there are so many different, uh, so many different decisions that have to be made uh, with, you know, with, with, with anything really, uh, bigger, you know, when you're speaking from the perspe uh, perspective of, of a big project and, you know, it's like, once you figure out, okay, now I'm going to do this, then you can find resources. But in terms of, well, if I pick this thing first, does it, can I, can I still do if I decided I want to live on the, you know, the, the third floor of a, of a condominium, uh, you know, can I still have this furniture over here 
uh, or will I not be able to get it? You know, who knows, right? But just sort of like something that pieces all together to say if you pick this one direction that you're going to go in, there's a hierarchy hierarchy of your decision-making process and then the options that are available to you based on those initial decisions. I love this idea. And I often say on this show, for people that listen regularly, that there's uh, a trend that I'm seeing is that we want our lives curated for us. You know, there's just overload of information and sometimes it's, it's too much, you know, it's stressful to have all these decisions. Wouldn't it be great to almost have some kind of app that took those decisions almost away from us and in the hands of experts that have, have already done the, the decisions? And we know they're an expert because they kind of, they maybe get some score, some, uh, uh, I guess, relative score that says, look, that these guys, like this lady has already moved into a third floor flat. She's she's an expert because of this. You know, she's achieved this score. Therefore, just follow the same steps that she's providing us and, and make the same decisions and then you'll be fine as well. And, and all those decisions are curated for you on your behalf through an app. Yep. Pretty they, cool. Good. Well, Derek... <laughs> All we need now is someone to build that. So uh, as you're listening, audience, uh, then there's the challenge. There's our app idea today. And uh, go ahead, build that. Then uh, obviously get in touch with Derek and myself, who are the, uh, uh, maybe we could call it that new name that you invented uh, the, uh, earlier tonight. Or you could call it something like connecting the dots. Connecting the dots. There you go. Right. Because it's one thing to have all the pieces that you need. It's another thing to be able to say, here's how we're going to connect them all and coordinate everything. Connecting the, the dots app. That's terrific. Uh, Derek, before we say goodbye, and uh, the show tends to last half an hour, and I, I do get carried away. But uh, before we say goodbye, <laughs> is there, um, just imagine that someone's listening to this and they're going to their job and they're looking for a change. Maybe they're not feeling inspired by their current role or whatever what it is they're doing you've made a change in your life you know back in 2008 2009 a transition and then with 2011 as well uh, perhaps could you share some advice for uh, those people that are looking to make a change something that you know you could i guess leave us with no, definitely. And so, I mean, I guess for me, it's a little bit different because while in my wealth management business, it was my business. Uh, uh, so I wasn't necessarily bound uh, as an employee, but I was bound by some of the less than ideal client relationships that I had and that I continued to take on. And, and so the decision to start a second business and to run them simultaneously actually a made me, it forced me to have to be more efficient and uh, think through, uh, you know, a number of different things. So for example, if you, if somebody quits their job to start a brand new business, if they quit their job and, and, and they go and they begin to develop an app and begin, maybe they develop the app and, and then they quit their job and, and they don't have customers yet. I think that they're much more likely, it's just human nature. They're much more likely to to make exceptions and to not be true to themselves in terms of, in terms of maybe partnerships that they take on in terms of clients or customers that they decide to work with and, and sucking it up and, and just trying to make the best of your existing situation while you're building this second thing on the side 
I think allows you to be more selective about those things. And the, the one real ancillary benefit for me of starting cadre while I was continuing to run my, my wealth management business is I was able to start saying no to people, prospective clients that I, I could tell and I knew they weren't going to be a good fit. But when I had just the one business and I had that all that extra time and nothing better to do in, in theory, right? Um, oh, I'll bring this person on and, and, uh, and we'll figure out a way to make it work. And now I can play them off of each other and, you know, for example, in cadre, the culture is very important and we've proactively removed 25 members. Uh, we did that over the first two years. That's $150,000 of annual revenue that we just said, you know, you're not a good fit. This isn't working for whatever reason. And it's really because I think that if I just had one or just the other, I wouldn't be able to stick to my guns the way that I'm able to do by having them both going on at the same time. That's so so valuable to hear that, and um, there's no collusion here. It's really ironic that you know that a piece of advice actually is a really good follow up to our last episode with uh, Michael Krauss, who said a very similar thing as well. In that you need to uh, before leaving uh, to pursue your own ventures, you need to stay true to yourself and, and actually build up a bit of a cash reserve. So it's great that you know these themes develop through the podcast. I get to listen to all these different things, connect the dots, and uh, it's just great speaking to successful people, uh, you know, like yourself, Derek. So how can we get in touch with you and reach out to you? Uh, the best ways are, uh, you know, going to my my website, DerekCoburn.com forward slash uh, book. Actually, we'll, t- we'll give you a description. You can download the first chapter. If you currently are going to larger networking events and find they're not working for you, or if you're open to um, leveraging some pretty effective offline strategies to incorporate your existing customers, your existing clients as a way to reach people that otherwise may not have found you otherwise. And I think you'll like some of the things that I have to share there. And, um, and on Cadre, on uh, Twitter, I'm at Cadre DC. Uh, and I'd love to connect with, with, uh, with folks there as well. Terrific. And f- finally then, uh, I guess, Anyone interested in what we've mentioned, I'll put the show notes. Uh, just go to theappguy.co, that's theappguy.co, and look for the episode uh, with Derek Coburn, and uh, all the resources will be there. And hopefully, Derek, that in a six months' time, we'll, we'll hear from one of our members, one of our audience listeners, uh, with the uh, Connecting the Dots app to make our lives easier. So uh, I'm really hopeful that that, that comes out. <laughs> yeah, and I have all 120 different uh, uh, decision um, decision points involved in, uh, uh, you know, publishing a book. So if they need like the data, they can, they can well, uh, reach out to me. Well, that's the beautiful thing about apps, you know, is that the content sometimes is, is literally given to the app through the community and uh, the passion of different people and uh, clearly you've got a lot of content to offer there as well it's been wonderful talking with you and thanks for joining us on the app guy podcast it's a real pleasure and uh, you know we'd love to have you back as well and especially if you do branch off and do some other things as well and you want to come back and talk about it so anytime Derek you're you're always welcome well thanks a lot Paul I really enjoyed this and uh, appreciate the opportunity Thank you for listening to this podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. If you want to be a guest on the show or suggest someone, then please send an email to info at onemob.com. 
the App Guy podcast.